You're listening to The Freestyle Approach with Tracy Kafer, Episode 4, The Difference at Dreamament. Hello, everyone. It's Tracy Kafer here, and I am in Berlin, Germany right now. Uh, I'm very excited to have a moment, and we only have just a few moments, with Alisa, a very busy lady who owns and operates Dreamoment, Dremelment, and she'll probably show us how to pronounce that more correctly. Um, and we're here to talk about uh, what's the difference at Dreamoment, because there are very, very subtle and very dramatic differences between the vibes in the studio and you know other places I've inhabited. Now, I'm not here to judge studios or to create any sort of hierarchy. I just want to talk to Elisa about what's different for her, what does she prioritize, and how has she intuitively navigated this role and flourished this studio over the, I don't know how many years now? Almost three. Almost three years. So I'm not quite sure where the conversation's going to go. She's not quite sure where the conversation's going to go, but that is the nature of freestyle, and that is why we're here. So uh, welcome, Elisa. Thank you so much for talking to me. And we'll start with, if you give us a little bit of your background. So you can go as far back as you want, um, whatever you feel is integrated you into the mover you are today, and then the path of you becoming a studio owner. So take us back. Hi, Tracy. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm a little bit nervous because we have this time pressure and everything, and then non-native speaker, <laughs> that's another thing, is huge. But just like you said, it's just like free cells are nature, so this is going to be quite cool. Um, so where shall I start? Um, so I'm Elisa. I run Drehmoment. Drehmoment means momentum in German, and you can interpret many more things into the term Drehmoment simply because it's um, a word compound. Dreh means basically to spin, spinning, so it can be like your, your spinning momentum, like you spinning around something. It can also mean moment because it contains the word moment, so um, it's just like... It happened to be more than I ever imagined it to be. Like I had my, my vision and my ideas and everything and the, the reality is now that it's um, like a very safe space and haven for many people and that's making me very happy. I feel like I've found my purpose. Um, so yeah, I um, moved to Berlin six years ago, I think, and everything just happened. Like nothing was ever being planned. So sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe this was my purpose. I don't know. I was, <laughs> who knows? No, you never know. Um, so I was born in Bosnia-Herzegovina and I'm a war refugee. So I came to Germany when I was around six years old and I've been to many, many places. And like, it's probably like part of the reason why I'm like doing what I'm doing and why I'm moving the way I'm moving because um, I don't have like a classical dance background or whatever but I always wanted to dance like from very early on I did a little bit of like children's ballet and that type of stuff but it was nothing basically and then I had like certain issues just like many young adults have or whatever during my um Adolescence, and I stopped moving whatsoever for almost 10 years. Like, I literally didn't move. I was reading a lot. I was always, like, very hungry for knowledge and all that type of stuff. And apparently I moved all the movement into my head. <laughs> wow. It's, it's totally interesting, but my body didn't move. So it took me many, many years to undo almost 10 years of non-moving, basically. And I was trying to find something that's related to dance, but I was always drawn to, to ballet for some reason and at the same time being repelled by it. 
because it is so so strict and severe and you have to be a certain type and move a certain type and everything. So there's something fascinating about it. But then on the other hand, I was like, well, in my mid-20s, last thing I want to do is beat myself up once again, you know? <laughs> and then there was pole. And I had a trial lesson in, in the city back where, where I used to live, where I went to uni in Frankfurt. And there was this American lady. And I went to that trial lesson was at the same time the best and the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Like I, w I felt so broken, I felt so incapable, but it was just so much fun. And it's, it also challenged me because I had to show a lot more skin than I was actually comfortable with. Right. But for some reason I was like, shit, this is cool, I want to do this again. And she left a huge impression on me because of, first of all, like her whole American nature and everything. I have always been drawn to it. I really liked it. Like her, just like her positive <laughs> vibes and everything. She, she rented a space where she had only like installed three poles or something and gave a couple of classes while she was living there. And she was like, well, guys, you know, pole can be whatever you want it to be. Just make it you. And I was like, whoa, shit. <laughs> Seriously now. And do you know what I did after that? Wait, when was this? That was one year before I took up pole because I decided, Tracy, that I'm too weak to do pole. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not going to do pole because I'm too weak for this sport or dance yeah. or whatever. So I decided not to do it. I was like, okay, best thing I ever, I've ever done in my life. I want to keep on doing this at some point in time. I'm not going to do this now. Which is like, I think very... Typical of me back then, I was a lot about like, uh, I want to do this, I want to do that, but there's so many excuses. Mm -hmm. And Paul definitely helped me to be like, listen, life is technically quite short, just fucking go for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all. And then, um, yeah, in the meantime, I moved, moved to Berlin. I looked for a studio, started doing Paul. I was like, not very happy with what was being offered because it was not what, what I wanted, basically. Yeah. So I very early on basically I started looking out for, for, for things that are different and then after like maybe my month three, four, I have no idea of pole, I googled and then I found you, another body and pole people and I was like okay I want to go to body and pole as soon as I can <laughs> and yeah that happened then the year later basically after maybe a year and a half of pole or something and Drehmoment then in the end it just happened. It was never a plan, but basically I've always basically been somebody who was looking for answers. So I've been doing stuff, and when I asked like, the instructors, okay, why is it this way? Can we do that way? I never got any answers, and that was bugging me, like seriously bugging me, because I wanted to find a way. I, I wasn't very happy with myself, but for some reason, like this whole pole thing gave me, I wouldn't say the strength, but something where I was like, okay, cool, I can... It's a stupid term, work on myself maybe, mm -hmm. without having the feeling that I'm punishing myself. Because like I, I used to be heavily anorexic when, when I was in my teens. And something like basically stays in your mind, even if you've maybe healed your body or whatever. So something about Paul and this whole dance thing was definitely a, a, attractive to me. But then still positive enough that I was like, okay, I want to pursue this. Like not really like, oh, I want to, want to succeed or whatever. Not in that way, but I just found it interesting. And I was like, I want to dance. And that was all. I want to feel free enough to dance without being like, oh, I look shit, I do this, I do that. It didn't happen from, from day one to two, of course. Um, but yeah, I think I was lucky enough that I started searching for, for people that might inspire me or lead the way or whatever very early and that I found them, like you, for example. And I was like, cool, if these people exist and they do this, then I can do this too, basically, and I should just keep on doing it. See, now that's really interesting to me that, you know, you found so early that pole was like a self-growth technique because I think for a lot of people that takes time. But how did it turn from you, you know, following your curiosity to you looking for spaces and laying down this brick and mortar space that it is now? I mean, what happened? You said it just happened, but can you give us a little bit more? Um, what, were, what was the spark? Was there any p 
people that you met or um, insights that you had that made you invest your time in this space or invest in finding a space? Like, When was the switch from, okay, I'm a student and I'm pursuing this to, okay, now I'm going to be a space holder. I'm going to create this space for other people. So this park were basically my students. I started teaching very early. So now as a studio owner, I would, if I saw that somebody maybe had the potential to become a teacher or whatever, I would give them the time and space to develop. Because for, for me, it was a, that happened. It, it wasn't planned. And it was a whole lot of pressure because I had to grow myself. I'm still growing. I still feel like a baby in many things, but still different than back then. And uh, the feedback from, from those people was tremendously positive where I realized, well, that there seems to be like a need for something that gives people like um, the opportunity to grow through pole yeah. and dance and movement with the help of pole. Pole to me is technically a tool. It's not like I'm like, okay, this is the only thing that you need in order to dance. Exactly. <laughs> That's a dream I'm thinking. And, ah, without tissue, crying shit. <laughs> the good vibe tribe will understand. Um, but yes, um, I, I, I saw that many other people they gave me the feedback that they needed what I saw, what was basically needed, and yeah. I started teaching because like, there was a certain demand, and people were like, hey, you, you, you are doing interesting stuff. Yeah. Although like, now that I look back, I'm just like, oh my God, you were such a baby. But yeah, basically it was their feedback, and they were like, man, you're putting so much love and care into it. You, you should actually create a space. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, because I apparently grew up in Germany, and Germans tend to be very careful, was like, hell no. <laughs> like, investment, this, that, it's never going to work. Um, um, but then, I, yeah, I mean, it's the other part is nothing that happens. So if somebody's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm just going to follow my intuition. Everything's going to fall into place. Yeah. Well, you need to put a whole lot of hard work in it. Yeah. And that's what I did. So business plan, calculating, blah, blah. And I was still like, okay, might fail, might not. Shit, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And yeah, oh, here I am I'm doing this. <laughs> So we're in the space right now, and um, those of you who have visited the space, and there's quite a few, because I think the space is, is really garnering a reputation for being a destination, and there is something really special about it, not just the fact that you walk in and there's fresh air, and there's access to light, and there's a kitchen, and there's all these beautiful things, but there are other intangible qualities to the studio, um, and I've, I've been pretty open about that throughout this week, writing about it a little bit on Facebook, but... Um, I think there is an alignment here that um, kind of makes my body feel very stable and good. And I, and I really attribute that to what's actually probably happening every day in the space. And um, it's really interesting. I've, I feel quite healthy here. I'm eating slower. It's very interesting that, that I'm probably just like slipping into the the way that the space operates. So can you talk a little bit about what you think is important for this space? Um, and it can be stuff outside of the pole room or what's happening inside the classroom. So anything you want to share about um, what you find important, um, practically speaking, for the space? Practically speaking, yeah. huh? So first of all, I absolutely believe that your environment 
heavily affects how, how you think, how you move, what you do. It's the same with food, basically, because you, you yeah. had the episode with um, Kelly about food and everything. Like, And Germany always say, you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same. If, you, if you're surrounded by, by an environment and people that for some reason are not good for you, that's definitely going to affect your movement. So when I started with Paul, basically I was in spaces where you couldn't really reach out for a dip turn. And for me, to me personally, it, it took me like, it feels like two years or something to undo that yes. and like find a practice for a very open floating dip turn, yes. <laughs> you know? So the first thing about space for me was like, I want the space to be spacious and inviting and for people to feel good. Like I tend to be very sensitive about all kinds of yeah. things. Like... I don't know, light, scent, blah, blah, blah. It's just like my personal, I have no idea, hypersensitivity or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to look like what might be perfect for myself. And I was just observing, like, what do people need? And that's like for, for the space itself. Mm. And for everything else, I believe that, well, how can I say? I think we're somehow in the lucky situation here because Berlin is like, Berlin is different. We have many, many studios, so we don't have the pressure to be the studio but we can basically offer what we think is right we don't have the, the the pressure to be like okay we need to get as many people in as possible yeah or whatever so that's not what's driving me basically but just okay this is my belief and i'm observing what's working for people and basically trying to give them what i see or i believe they need and that's it and that's something that's basically coming from from within so it's our daily work with people where we're like okay it's not only about showing people pole technique or whatever it's like especially not only about instructing i i have no idea if, if it's like basically teaching people or just showing them certain ways of many things and just making them think because what, what i always tell our students like when I have the opportunity about like mission statement and all that yeah. kind of stuff mission statement yeah. is something that I perceive as very American and but in a very good way I mean the time that I spent with American movers has really left a huge impact on me and that was something like when I heard that term for the first time I was like shit that's actually so important and sometimes you just need to put things into words and um, for me I realized basically I want to give people something that they're going to take into their everyday lives regardless of Paul so something might happen in your life, so you have to stop doing pole or whatever for, for a while. But if they keep something from that time here at Drehmoment and it resonates with them for the rest of their lives, then I'm happy, then I can sleep in peace yeah. and all. It's not basically about, okay, I'm going to show you how to do a handspring, you know what I mean? Right. Um, another thing is, like, I don't want to be too dependent on people's talent because there are so many things in pole that are, like, they are true somehow, like, pole is for everyone, everybody can achieve anything but it's not exactly true yeah. and it's not really widely spoken about or like polls for everyone and so diverse well if you fight for it yeah. it's not diverse per se I've heard about terrible stories and that's why we are basically here like and and, and we seriously lift the shit that we are saying we're yeah. basically trying to to um, embody what we're doing here and maybe it's gonna resonate with people and maybe it's a little bit like positively going to affect their lives by, I don't know, them treating their bodies better, realizing that movement overall is very important for them. Like it's not about training. I would never say, okay, come to training because this is not yeah. for me training. Yeah. This is just your movement practice and you're doing it through pole and maybe finding a way where you're going to be like, shit, my body needs this. Just like I brush my teeth, I need to mm -hmm. move my body every day. And if dance is the way, then there you go. We can do that anywhere, technically. Very nice. So let's talk a little bit about why not. Let's talk about freestyle for a moment um, because, you know, I, I teach a, a weekly class. The, the birth of Finding Your Freestyle was a class at first that I pitched to um, the owners of Body and Pole. 
And um, freestyle is an integral part of many studios. However, like we spoke about, sometimes the questioning is always missing from um, some practice that people do. So how does freestyle integrate into your class settings? Uh, and does it take on different forms than here's the last five minutes of class, it's time to freestyle, here you go, I turn on the music, I'm as a teacher, I'm done, I sit down and my, and my students go. Is freestyle in your curriculum used differently? Um, do people speak about it differently? Are they informed about it? Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Because, hey, this is the Finding Freestyle podcast, so let's talk about it. Yay, so first of all, it constantly evolves because I evolve, we yeah. evolve as teachers, which means I feel like that there is, of course, like a certain um, line that you can see, but it's it's always changing. And um, we as the instructor team are always um, trying to, to communicate as much as we can. And we have our seminars and everything. We're basically just like exchanging experiences and like what works, what doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But we try to um, basically break patterns as soon as possible. Because if you build patterns for a long, long time, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, let's break them. <laughs> it's very unlikely to work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, from, from class one, technically, they do freestyle and um, we basically go with the flow. So if we see that the energy is very low, they're not going to get like a very heavy task or whatever. But yeah. sometimes it's just like whatever. I, I sometimes have like monthly themes for myself for certain classes where I feel like, okay, this group's, group needs this and that. And I try to carry that through the freestyle exercises they have in the end of the class but if I see that the energy is low I'm not gonna mm. do that but I'm just gonna be like hey dance freely and that's something that means a lot like to those that have been here for a bit longer and they usually say hey it's their, f their highlight of the class they yeah. basically wait all class for the freestyle to happen <laughs> and that's like oh yeah I'm forgetting about everyday life this is what I came for and mm. for everybody else especially um for, for the beginners, um, for us, like the main work is basically getting people out of their, their heads into their bodies, which is, I believe, a very important task, especially here in Germany because of like cultural reasons. Yeah. Um, Germans tend to be very, very much in their heads, um, which for something, as we know, I mean, <laughs> economic success and everything in this country is good, but I believe that it's very difficult for people. If you yeah. totally unlearn or never have learned how to, to be in your body, be in yourself, be in your soul, whatever. So yeah, we, we try to basically figure out how to do that. And like, I, I love playful ways where I basically just show them, listen, first of all, like, don't take yourself seriously. Yeah. This is meant to be fun. Hello, welcome. Leave your everyday life yeah. <laughs> out, out of the door, basically, and just like do whatever to have fun. And we don't only do that in um, the last bit of the class, basically, with a like freestyle or whatever, but we try to make as many explorations as possible, as soon as possible, so they get something and then we basically instruct them or facilitate some exploration where they're like, oh, this is cool, and they find shapes and stuff. And I must say that I have a really, really hard time teaching how can I say pole appropriately I must say that like over the years I've I've totally forgotten so many of like the the, the names for tricks mm. not for 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 like the, the basic techniques and everything but there are so many shapes that to me are just shapes or variations of yes. something yes. and I totally refuse to be like okay here you go we're gonna learn three new tricks today because to me it's not how it works yeah. so we've built our curriculum basically around like a certain um skill set in terms of like physical capabilities and also how people are 
interacting with the pole. Nice. Like, have they realized how to use it as a dance partner, pole push, this type of stuff, etc. And then we have certain goal moves for the levels um, that are supposed to be met, so it makes sense to proceed on to the next level, basically. Yeah. And then... And that's another way that's like making it, I think, very sustainable for, for me to teach because I don't have to run after tricks that my body might not like. We're trying to give them like the best possible technique um, for basic moves, which is, I don't know, from leg hangs to whatever, hands-only movement, mounts, blah, 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 yeah. mounts and all that kind of stuff. And we're exploring shapes, basically. And there are so many countless shapes where I'm like, why, why do people put that into words? Because there are so many shapes that work for some bodies, for other bodies they don't. Although the mind, mount might be the same or, or the dismount might be the same. Um, so yeah, that's how we were doing it. And sometimes, like especially in the beginning, I was like, shit, is this going to work? Like, Are people going to accept it? Because it's quite unusual, I think, in the pole world. Some people do it, but not the majority. Mm. But for us, it's working quite well. So yeah, and I often feel like, especially when I look around, like in the higher levels, that people are really, really fit physically, which is basically for me just like the feedback to keep on going. Because yeah. to me, it's it's of utmost importance to make people um, understand their bodies and make them healthier as movers in general. So movement and healthy joints, a healthy basically body as an apparatus comes first and then you apply it on the pole. So what yeah. I would never do is like, okay, if you have somebody who hasn't been moving for years... I'm not going to put them into like a swung, twisted grip handspring just because it works. There are things that work, especially on the pole. There's things you can achieve quite, quite easily, but it doesn't mean that it's right. Yeah. And that's something I often tell them, basically. I'm like, guys, I know that it works, but mind that something, something that works doesn't mean that it's wise to do it this mm -hmm. way. I, I'm, like, I definitely tell them, like, you can do it the other way as well. But there, these are the reasons why maybe you should consider mm. working more on the, old, I don't know, technique, doing it slower, feeling it, et cetera, et cetera. Beautiful. It sounds like, you know, a lot of what has formed Dream Moment is based on, you know, you relying on your higher sensitivity to the environment and all those things, which is, to me is a really beautiful strength. Um, you know, I consider myself an HSP as well. That's a highly sensitive person, you guys. <laughs> And, um, you know, growing, at least me growing up, that was not seen as a positive trait. However, when really uh, embraced and utilized, it can be really, really positive. As you can see, the space has really taken into account being hyper aware of environment, being hyper aware of energy, and, you know, being connected to your body. The other thing I like about Dream Moment is there is that discernment where you are discerning what, what needs to come in and what doesn't need to be here. Um, and that, and that sort of punishing, uh, vibe that pole can actually cultivate, that competitive vibe, the comparison vibe, the, you know, this trick has a name, so it has a standard, and we often meet the standards. So we can get the Instagram pic to get the whatever, to get the whatever. I feel like all that stuff, you know, it kind of is laid at the door. And um, it's nice to, I've been sitting here during class times and just taking it in, and people just seem to be living their lives, moving their bodies. Um, and sorry, we had a knock at the door. And it, it's really a wonderful thing. Let's talk very quickly about any challenges that you've had that you um, look forward to navigating. And let's start there. We'll take five minutes. Challenges? What kind yeah. of challenges do you mean? Like for me personally or for the studio? Yes and yes. Hmm. Because I think what comes to you, 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 you might be speaking to someone who needs to hear something, you know, as a connection point. And that could be something you're, you find challenging in your own life 
when being an owner in this studio, in this role, or it could be a studio challenge. I, I don't mind. Well, I think it's easy for me to, to start from the personal point first. <laughs> um, so I, I have a wonderful group of, of studio owner friends and I think everybody goes through the same issues because it's not very easy to do this. One thing I try to avoid, especially on Instagram and everything, is, oh, I'm living my, my, the life of my dreams. This is a dream job. Technically it is, but <sighs> it's not as easy. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be one of those who are just like basically bitching about how like hard my life is because like it can be hard. I mean, shit, I'm a war refugee. I've seen other things yeah. when I was a child, you know what I mean? So the relations are, it really depends. Um, but it's sometimes really, really hard because you need to like your cup needs to be full if you want to give to others. It can't be half full and it can't be 10% or whatever. So you definitely, um, and luckily I, I feel like I've like realized it kind of early, I don't know. Um, you definitely need to take care of yourself and it's not a matter of being selfish, but it's basically necessary for us as studio owners to do what we are doing. Otherwise, we can't sustain this because I see so much frustration in, in all of my colleagues and I have it myself as well. And then whenever I feel, okay, this is getting too much, I'm trying to, I don't know, utilize certain ways that are working for me to, to get away from the place. Like, for example, the finding a freestyle intensive, which is a highlight of my year. Every year it's like, oh yeah, I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like my body is gonna be positively broken, but I'm gonna feel so much better after this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm seeking those experiences. Um, but also like, a certain constant movement practice for yourself as a studio owner or teacher who's teaching many classes a week yeah. is so important so that you feel like you're doing something for yourself because you're going to feel so much more inspired to share with others. Yeah. And if you're just doing it as a job, like basically you're running from class to class, you feel like you're not really able to nourish your body through movement or explore what movement can do for you, yeah. um, it's going to become hell. And that's not what it's supposed to be. So I believe that everybody sh should set that as a priority. It's not selfish at all. It's necessary. Because yeah. it is actually, a, I believe, a gift if, if both your personality are like capable of this and your body, because our body is doing insane things here on the pole. So you need to give so much back. Everything that you're giving away in each and every class is, is a challenge. Yeah. And I realized I have an amazing body worker um, yeah, who made, yes. Uh, not only her, the other one basically, what, what I told you about, like, um, the stuff with the voice and the eyes. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I have a wonderful massage uh, therapist. She's amazing, amazing person. I, I've never been, like, seriously injured or anything in the past few years, and I owe most of it to her, I believe, because um, I have a uh, my weekly sessions. Another thing I highly recommend to anybody, <laughs> invest in your body, guys. Invest in yeah, body workers if you find good ones. so much of it. Yes. And the other one, um, he's doing, like, some, some insane stuff structural integration plus like a couple of other techniques he's also a very curious person he's always trying to find new answers and implementing many methods yeah. in, in his uh, work and he made me aware of how vulnerable we can be or our muscles can be when you um, speak while you're, you're performing intense physical activity because mm -hmm. whenever I had any like not serious injuries or whatever or when my body was basically just seizing up or whatever it was usually during teaching I never have that when I don't teach. Mm. It seems to be something like with, with a speech, basically. Same thing like when you look around with your eyes because everything is connected. And that was something that I also um, realized for myself that I sometimes just like need to be quiet while I'm moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so true. I've experienced, I've experienced the same thing and it, it really is interesting. And I'm sure that that's not a, a size fits all for everyone. Yeah. Um, that might be a unique issue for you know certain kinds of mm -hmm. types. But uh, for the sake of time, last question. 
um, greatest gift that this experience that you're in now is giving your life? The greatest gift is probably um, that it gave me a sense of belonging. That's something we've been talking about a lot during the Final Year Freestyle Intensive. So my personal history is basically one of somebody who as a child has been taken out of their whole social environment, the country, everything, and we couldn't go back for a long time. And then if I had gone back at some point in time, it was totally different. People are different. Stuff has happened. The country is different, etc. So you grow up basically with a sense of not belonging. Mm. And then you have that whole diaspora thing. So you live in a new country. You're always going to be the stranger. So I'm in the let's say lucky situation that like I'm white which means it's not like with people of color that apparently don't belong to a certain society but people still notice and that's something yeah. you grow up with so it's constantly just you don't belong you don't belong um, and I feel like this whole thing because basically we, we have a studio family here yeah. we have like a family of movers so it's not only about the people who are here in this space but other people that I've met along this journey um, and that I like I'm in touch with constantly that I keep on working with etc it always feels like you're connected like somehow and that means a lot and I feel like everybody needs that in life yeah. and I was just thinking during our intensive this um, weekend because like it um, it's about so many spiritual things um, I for example I'm, I'm not a religious person but I do believe that you need something that you believe in in life and that you feel like you belong to. Yeah. And that's what many people find in religion or whatever. And maybe that's also one of the reasons why pole, the way we do it, is uh, attractive to so many people. Because it does ha like give you the chance to, to get a sense of belonging. Like you belong to a certain group of people that have a certain belief that work on something. Um, they're just being nice to each other because they're in the same boat. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's why I feel it's the greatest gift for me. Mm -hmm. So whenever I have a bad day, I'm like, shit, this is really special. Because yeah. th there's so many people like with, with my own personal story or history, something very similar, that don't reach that. And I see them going through so much shit that I'm not going through because I have this. And that's amazing. Mm. I'm very grateful for it. Thank you so much for sharing. And guys, um, if you want to find Elisa, do you want to quickly share your social media pages your your username so that people can find you and stalk your gorgeous movement <laughs> so you can find the studio on instagram uh, under drehmoment berlin drehmoment is d-r-e-h moment berlin uh, and i am 2112 2112 alisa because that's my angel number <laughs> speaking of spirituality well thanks guys for listening and um, feel free to drop a comment anywhere you're seeing this uh, podcast and we'd love to start a dialogue with you about anything we discussed today. So thank you for your time and I hope you're having a beautiful fall or uh, spring if you're on the other side and I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the Finding Your Freestyle podcast. To learn more about Finding Your Freestyle, visit our website at www.findingyourfreestyle.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook under Finding Your Freestyle.